You're listening to a 3CR podcast created in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au. week's edition of the Yarra Bicycle Users Group radio show for Monday, the 14th of September 2020. We acknowledge the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation, traditional owners of the land from which we transmit people-powered radio. Thank you to Democracy Now! for the previous hour of Current Affairs. My name's Chris and Yarra Bicycle Users Group Radio. We're a show about cycling and related transport issues coming to you from the studios of 3CR Community Radio from Melbourne, Australia. And in case you're wondering what on earth that music is I'm playing, it's an 8-bit version of Craftworks Tour de France and it's... uh, a little homage to the third and final week of the Tour de France. Uh, like many people, I uh, enjoy this by watching SBS Cycling Central, their live coverage and live stream and a whole bunch of ways you can catch up with the Tour and also via the platform of Twitter by uh, posting a lot of a lot of ephemeral uh, stuff on uh, the uh, Couch Peneton hashtag and the SBS TDF hashtag and I'm a little bit responsible for posting a lot of cat pictures and food and stuff and have been doing this for a quite substantial period of time so anyway enjoy that uh, interesting version of Tour de France Um, I usually play the senior um, coconut version but I thought this year I might go for something a little bit more I know a bit more nerdy on today's show I'm going to be talking to Philip Manners Um, we caught up with Philip earlier this year about uh, you know if you're learning to ride for the first time around Melbourne uh, different ways of getting around we've done a catch-up if you're learning to actually ride and some of the things you may not actually know about or anyone's going to tell you about so we're just going to do some of those uh, my advice for people who are new to riding bikes during COVID-19 there's been a huge explosion in the numbers of people riding bikes during the COVID-19 pandemic, especially during lockdown. Some of those numbers we're seeing right now are pretty incredible. Anyway, uh, some interesting stuff that's uh, come out over the last week or so. You would know that from 11.59am last night, you will be able to, in the uh, in the Melbourne area, to exercise for two hours <laughs> you basically can leave the house uh, it's been pretty rough the last few months and uh, if you haven't got a work permit um, we're pretty much stuck indoors or in the yeah, sanctity of your own backyard so from uh, last night you can now go outside for two hours well I'm looking forward to um, probably spending an hour and a half walking and 
the rest of it all my wind trainer so yeah <laughs> we started to go into the you know, lifting of restrictions now an interesting part to go back a week ago when the premier daniel andrews was outlining his roadmap to opening up the state of victoria now john Enghart, who's been on the show a few times over the years or quite a few does uh cycling advocacy and the like around Brunswick, Coburg and Faulkner area. On the website, extend the upfield bike path to upfield. He's actually put up a transcript of Daniel Andrews' um, press conference, because he's been doing these things daily, but the one we had a week ago was of vital importance. Now, while watching and listening to the Premier's press conference on Wednesday, the 9th of September, I was struck by the outline the Premier in an gave in answer to a journalist's question on the ch changes to the urban streetscape to allow hospitality and other economic activity to restart in a COVID-safe manner. I fully expect that when some of this happens, I think it will happen quickly and it will be very, very popular. I think it might change large parts of the city and the suburbs, not just for the pandemic, but for the longer term, said Premier Daniel Andrews. While the reallocation of public space is highlighted, there's no mention of a change in mobility and the need to reallocate road space for this change. Now, we do know that you know, people are not using PT. More people are riding, locally for exercise and for shopping, and the, some of the relocation for public space needs to go to making cycling safe, safely through dedicated cycling lines. Because basically, <laughs> I don't need to keep repeating this. Like we've been not been doing this show since oh, two thousand and eight, that or two thousand and nine. There is simply not enough safe cycling infrastructure. A bit more of this uh, transcript that John's put up. It is a direct quote. We are going to make some pretty aggressive decisions about freeing up as much space as possible. You will see roads and laneways closed. Not everyone, but where it is appropriate, it will be closed. You will see parks that will become a centre of not just the centre of passive recreation, but you will see people drinking and dining in those parks. Not every square inch, but where it is appropriate, we, will, we can share that you will see curbside parking gone in some streets and restaurants and cafes and pubs being able to occupy that space. We've spoken with London, we've spoken with New York. We will continue to speak with a number of big cities around the world directly into the Mayor's office, into other senior officials, and we think that can be part of our mix. Now, I think Daniel Andrews here is speaking basically in terms of the City of Melbourne. This has got to be a lot broader than just the City of Melbourne. I think uh, off the top of my head, there's over 70 councils, LGAs across uh, Victoria and every single one of them needs assistance in either planning or listening to, you know, getting Department of Transport on side and using space differently because we need to physically distance but we need to do it safely. Now where I'm going to bring this into is tomorrow night is the last uh, City of Yarra uh, council meeting with this lineup of councillors before it goes into caretaker period and then uh, council elections. Now tomorrow night it's an absolutely chockers uh, agenda. Now two items there are absolutely vital importance. 
11.1 Elizabeth Street Bicycle Lane and 11.2 which is the Park Street Bicycle Project. You can also watch the uh, council meeting online from 7pm Tuesday the 15th of September at webcast yarracity.vic.gov.au Now, it's very important that you either, if you've got the time, you can support these two trials because, again, uh, if you as I was just talking to you about with Daniel Andrews, oh, we have to give up some parking. Parking just sets people off. Now, the thing I'd say back to that is, there again, this is re, uh, repeating what I've just said, that there is very few protected cycling uh, the things around Melbourne. The lanes, or I should say the shared paths, where they are in use are in heavy use. Now, Park Street, uh, you know, is the contraflow lane. Um, we actually made a couple of videos of this yesterday. Absolutely no issue. It's to get excess cycling traffic off that path so people can walk there. This is, you know, North Fitzroy and Carlton. Um, myself, I've probably used that hundreds of times in the last couple of decades you know from the from the mid 90s onwards i've never had any problems with cars riding along park street in either direction so that's just me anecdotally but if you wish to support them you can either submit a question or you can participate in the online meeting so if you go to a survey gizmo lincoln will give you two options so if you want to ask a question during public question time that is not about agenda items. So you can ask the council, you know, are you going to keep being proactive and supporting negative transport? Um, those sort of things, you know, during and after this COVID emergency. Usually you'll have about two minutes to ask a question. So keep a draft of what you want to ask in front of you and stay on point. If you want to make a submission about an item on the agenda, you can submit up to 250 words in support of an agenda item. So, again, Elizabeth Street, the trial must continue for its full allocated 12 months. Uh, what the trials have meant to you and your reasons why, and, what, and reasons why you probably want to see more of them. Park Street Contraflow must continue with the option option one. If you go through the minutes, or I should say not the minutes, the uh, agenda, you will say there's up to four options. Option one is the best, but it's entirely up to you if you wish to choose that and any other feedback you have about the trials of consultation. And I'm sure if you're going to do that, please register by 10 a.m. Tuesday, 15th of September. Now that's a link that I'm talking about. It's also on the page of the agenda for tomorrow night. So I'll also pop that into the podcast if that wasn't very clear. Now if you you haven't got time for this what you can do when you've got a bit more spare time is register your ongoing support and feedback at the making space website and that's your say yara that's all one word dot com dot au and look at making space there's the trialing safer elizabeth street which is your say dot com dot au forward slash elizabeth street there's park street option there too and there's also a new center median in nicholson street abbotsford now, I used to live very close to that, and it's a T-junction, as many people would know if you live around there, and there's a big speed differential, which was, I believe, the issue there when I was living around there. Cars coming along Nicholson Street, pedestrians wishing to cross, it's not a controlled intersection, and, yeah, 
it wasn't one of the more pleasant inner city kind of uh, intersections that I remember from living in the area. So a couple of years ago there was a Latham, uh, there was feedback from the residents and this uh, new centre median has been part of that. So yeah, I'll pop that all into the uh, podcast if I didn't make sense there. And also the uh, the stuff to do with transcript of some of the things that Daniel Andrews has said. I think they're predominantly in reference to the City of Melbourne, but again, this is where councils have got to be supported because this is very odd the way that we're seeing things done in Victoria that councils have to do a lot of the heavy lifting when it comes to putting in you know, temporary infrastructure or the like for changed use. You know, we've got um, City of Melbourne, you know, as I said, fortunately they've got Department of Transport on site. Moreland are doing a lot of work. City of Bendigo are doing a lot of work. City of Yarra are doing what they can. But it's up to uh, Vic Roads and Department of Transport. And some of these things that should have been worked out months ago, making it a lot clearer for local authorities to work with residents for you know, physical distancing. And as if you've been listening to the show, you know, over the last few months, I've done a series of interviews with this about uh, what's happening overseas, what's happening in Australia to do with COVID and uh, measures and staying safe, like the space for health. Uh, There's another uh, big database that I found recently, which is the, I'll just find it here, the Shifting Streets COVID-19 Mobility Database, and that's correlated over 1,200 mobility actions. And that's at, that's at datasketch, that's all one word, dot github.io, and look for mobility actions. Uh, yeah, so there's a phenomenal amount of stuff out there going on, but it just seems to be incredibly slow and or things not being communicated clearly. As in, you know, the city of Melbourne is fast-tracking, you know, 40 kilometres of bike lane. And in uh, Yarra, it's really difficult for council to do things if, you know, they've got limited carriage on what they can do between uh, government government authorities and, uh, you know, limited funds. After the break, I'm going to be chatting to Philip Manners about... Advice about people who are new to writing. Do you need to renew your subscription? Make a donation. Or pass on some information to a programmer. We can't get to the phone all the time right now, but we're still here. You can call us on 03 94198377 each weekday between 1 and 5pm and talk to a staff member. That's 03 94198377. 3CR Community Radio, here to stay. Hi, my name's Philip. We chatted a few months ago on uh, bicycles, I think. I'm a transport planner in Melbourne, and I also run a website where I publish articles. And uh, you've got a really good article at the moment out about your advice to people who are new to riding bikes during uh, the COVID-19 pandemic. And people basically, in in very large numbers, are getting out and about on Melbourne's trails and roads. 
Yeah, they are. Um, it's been quite amazing to see how many people are out there riding. Yeah, especially on the trails, we've seen increases of I think one or two hundred percent, or even higher in some places in the eastern and northern suburbs. So it's been fantastic to see people out and about, and a lot of them are new. very confused about like how you go about getting out there uh, and there's some good intentions but some are very misleading or plain wrong so do you just want to go through quickly this article and we can point to people want to find out more sure sure so i've got a couple of tips in there that are by no means comprehensive it's kind of a top top of mind things that might be helpful for people who are getting out there for the first time or who might not be regular riders so there's a couple of things in there uh, in particular about riding in bike lanes or bike paths. It's a common misconception that a bike rider has to use a bike lane or a bike path if it's provided. It's the case that they do have to use, you, you, you do have to use a lane if it's there unless it's impractical to do so. And that's a really important exception because there's a lot of cases where as you know, it would not be safe to use a bike lane because there's broken glass in there or there's a car parked in the bike lane or any a number of other reasons. So I think that's an important point to emphasise to people who are new to riding, mm. that you don't have to use the bike lane if it's not safe. Yeah, that's a very important bit to make, especially, again, if people, you know, for whatever reasons, park somewhere where it's seen as through throughway for, for a rider and you have to move hmm. out into um, a lane. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Or there might be some other obstacle or other reason why it's impractical to, okay. to use the bike lane. Yeah. So the uh, next one, side by side with another person. Yes, this is another a common misconception that it's basically it's not illegal to ride to abreast on, on the road. Um, there are a couple of instances where in the road rules it does say um, you you can't do that. But they're in a few, you know, a few specific instances. Um, I can't remember exactly what they are, but the Vic Roads website has that all has that all on there. And uh, the the is this a purely Victorian thing, or is it a bit more widespread? The hook turn. Oh yeah, so the the, the hook turn is an interesting one. Um, I believe it's in Victoria um, only because the changes were made in two thousand and seventeen to the Victorian road rules. I'm not 100% sure about other states and territories, um, but given we already have hook turns for trams and I guess people are already used to that, wouldn't be surprised if it was just a Victorian thing. When you compare an old growth forest compared to a forest which is regrowing after a disturbance like logging, they're actually quite different ecosystems. Generally, like older, wetter forests slow down the path of fire, and this is actually quite a well-known phenomenon. Historically, these big, large fires have been quite rare, but what we've seen in the last 20 years is they're becoming quite a lot more common. So we've had three in the last 20 years. This is definitely because of climate change, which is making our ecosystems a lot drier and the fire weather more intense. We need to keep radical voices on air. Subscribe now. Go to 3cr.org.au forward slash subscribe 
or call the station on 9419 8377. in the dooring zone this is something that's prevalent everywhere yes yes and it's particularly uh, important for, for newer riders who might not be aware of this danger um, you know dooring is as you know someone opening their car door or, or vehicle door into the path of an oncoming um, cyclist and it can result in death or serious injury in a lot of cases so it's important for new riders in particular to be aware of the reach of a door and to ride outside of the space where a door could hit you, um, even if you're riding at a relatively low speed. So particularly on high-risk shopping strips, which again, new cyclists may not be aware of this, um, but you know, there's a couple of particularly high-risk locations like Chapel Street, Sydney Road, um, and other places like that. So I've, I've noted in there a few things that people can do to help avoid the risk um, and obviously one of them is riding outside of the dooring zone um, and other ones if you do have to ride in the dooring zone for whatever reason to ride slowly and at a speed where you can stop suddenly and to also keep an eye out for things like faces in rearview mirrors or yeah. brake lights which might indicate that there's someone in there yeah uh, this is a very important one that gets overlooked you do not need any special equipment or clothing <laughs> <laughs> yes it is People think you've got to buy a whole suit of Lycra or, you know, a special kind of bike or something to go for a ride, but you really, really don't. You literally, you just need a bike, you need a bell. If you're going riding at nice, some lights and a helmet, and that's it. And make sure your tire pressure's up and, you know, everything's got a little bit of, you know, it's been serviced recently, you know, you're not too squeaky. Mm. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah, definitely make sure your brakes work. Yeah, <laughs> yeah your tire pressure's all good. Uh, yeah. This one's brilliant as well right to your ability and comfort level now on on shared paths specifically kind of be a bit mindful actually be extremely mindful of everybody else out there including mm. the, the comfort level yeah yeah for sure um it's important to recognize especially now that our paths are quite crowded in many cases because there's a lot of people walking and riding more so than they than normally than they normally would be out there so you know, you've got to be very aware of other people on the trail or the path, um, as well as other riders. I mean, the, the point that I make in the article as well is about even if you're riding on the road, you should never feel pressured to, to ride more quickly or, you know, get out of the way of, of, of even another a bike riders behind you who wants to go quickly. You know, it's you should never put yourself in an unsafe situation based on feeling pressure from someone driving or someone riding on the on the same road or the same path as you that's that's never going to end well yeah. so yeah that's kind of the other part of that yeah plan your ride this is mm. okay. um yeah only if you want to <laughs> i mean i also <laughs> saying that you know there there is a joy in going out just going for a ride and not having any sort of destination in mind you know or, so the same way you go for a walk right yeah, but know, if lovely. you are it's great. Well, it's the last time we had you on the show this year was about planning your ride. Um, it was, yeah. <laughs> Google Maps is a bit weird sometimes with what our data points and wants to chuck in. Well, it thinks you can ride. It's like, a, a, I think it's a good idea, buddy. 
Yeah, yeah, for sure. And yeah, especially if you're going for a regular ride or, you know, you're commuting somewhere or it's, you know, the shops or something you're going to be using regularly. It's a good idea to, you know, check it out um, before you need to do it and use a, a route planner that isn't Google Maps. Um, you know, open route service is a great one because that includes bike paths and also takes into account the safety of the road. And you can put in your preference of, for example, if you want to ride only on sealed paths, you can put that in. If you want the, a less direct route that's more safe, it can do that for you as well. So it's a really, really great tool for that sort of thing. But especially if you're a first time rider, um, it can be a very different mindset to planning a ride versus a drive. Because mm. for a ride, you have to take into account a whole range of other factors that you wouldn't have to if you were driving, like again, the safety of the road, if there are tram tracks, for example, um, you might want to avoid those and a whole lot of other things. Goongaroo Environment Centre is a grassroots community organisation campaigning for East Gippsland's precious forests. For over 15 years, we've been using direct action, citizen science, and community engagement to stop the continued logging of precious native forests and threatened species habitat. After this summer's terrible bushfires, there's an even greater urgency to protect what remains, and the Victorian government haven't ruled out plans to log the small fragments of unburnt forests and so-called salvage log in burnt areas. It's now so important that forests and wildlife are protected so they can recover. Head to gecko.org.au to keep updated with the latest news and to get involved. Gecko acknowledges the logging is happening on the stolen lands of the Gunnakurnai and Bidwell and the Nara people and that sovereignty was never ceded. A 3CR supporter. And this very important last point, this is not just about people riding bikes. Yes, absolutely. Um, you know, safety on, on the road is, you know, just as much a responsibility of, of someone driving a car as it is someone riding a bike, someone walking, someone, you know, doing whatever. So, yeah, if, and, you know, a, a lot of people who ride bikes also drive cars and, and vice versa or, you know, drive trucks or, or walk or whatever. So it's important to keep that in mind all the time that, you know, a, a lot of these hazards are... Um, r results of other other people's behaviour or choices on on the road. So even if you are a, a bike rider, when you're driving a car, be mindful of of your surroundings. You know, look before you open your car door. Don't stop in bike boxes at intersections. All that sort of thing. Yep. And conversely, when you're riding a bike, you know, be considerate of other road users as well or path users too. You know, go at a safe speed on a shared path ring your bell, all those sorts of things too. So it's not just about, you know, bike riders behaving badly, so to speak. It's also, you know, everyone's got to take responsibility. I, I think I think these things have got to be brought back to a person behaving in a certain way, regardless of what mode of transport, and it's got to be taken from there. Mm. So it's either, you know, and um, just to take out that, that sort of equation of it's the, it's the mode. It's like, well, okay, we can get into another discussion about hierarchies later, but... Be, mm. be, be considerate, be mindful.
enable change, we need to show broad community support. Show your support for walking and cycling in the city of Yarra by appearing as a champion on the Streets Alive website, representing your local street, neighbourhood or school. It's fast, free and simple. Learn more at streets-alive-yarra.org. A 3CR supporter. This week's Yarra Bicycle User Group radio program should be podcast soon on 3cr.org.au forward slash podcast or go to yarrabug.org forward slash radio if you want to find additional details of what we discussed today. These podcasts are produced at Melbourne's activist radio station 3CR. Presenters are all volunteers and 3CR's existence depends upon the financial support of our listeners. Go to 3cr.org.au Click on the support tab and select either donate, subscribe, shop or fundraisers. Your subscription or donation keeps 3CR on air. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.